Welcome to episode number 14 of the Mental Health Marriage. Healing is a slow process. This is a podcast for the spouses and partners of those who are mentally ill. I'm your host, and for the sake of my husband's anonymity, you can call me M. As the spouse of a man with bipolar 2, I will share my story, my struggles, and my insights with you, and also share conversations with people like you whose stories need to be heard. I hope to build a community where we can all laugh and cry together at the paradox and irony that mental illness can be, and help each other keep it together and thrive despite the major setbacks. I believe that we create our futures and that we can make better lives for ourselves and our families. Well, listeners, welcome back to the podcast and welcome to all you new listeners. I'm so glad that you found the podcast and hope that you're finding it helpful in your own personal journey with your own growth and health and that of your spouse or your partner. I'm sorry that I feel like I've been a little bit of a neglectful host, um, but hopefully you new listeners have had enough material to go through that you still are finding things useful. I haven't done an episode where it's just me since before my family had our lovely Disneyland trip back in March, and I'll just give you some updates on how things are going. You can skip ahead if you don't care about this part, but <laughs> we I was really nervous about this vacation because in the past my husband hasn't traveled well because, you know, sleep is ever everything and if anything is off with eating or with medication management, things can just really spiral to a negative place. But this vacation went so amazingly well well. And the funniest part was I think our lowest moment of the vacation had to do with me being too controlling. It had nothing to do with his mental illness. We had some LA traffic stress and I was being a backseat driver and he got mad at me about it. (laughs) But it's to the point where we're already laughing about it. And it was just a beautiful time. We really enjoyed having my in-laws with us for a few days. and, And I think something that has come out of my husband as he's healed and grown and become balanced and more just level with his medications is he just loves to have fun. And I love to see this in him. He's he's like a big kid at heart. And so theme parks is like totally his jam. He just loves it. And he had so much fun watching our daughters and we just had the best time. We were totally nerds at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Our daughter got chosen to get fitted for a wand at Ollivander's, and it was like one of those magical parenting moments. It was just the cutest thing ever. So if you're a Harry Potter fan and can ever find your way to the Wizarding World, it is a fun experience. And since then, my husband has figured out his own personal recipe for how to make butterbeer, which... I am secretly not a fan of. I think it's a little bit too rich. I liked their hot version better, but he loves it. He like makes it for himself all the time now. <laughs> so we are still living on the memories and on the highs from that vacation. And we just feel really so lucky and so blessed. I just have so many moments where I'm profoundly grateful that my family is intact because there were times where I didn't think that was an option for us and I'm just really grateful that things have worked out, and I know that many people are not so fortunate, so I think if there's anything good in your life, notice the good and help the good things to grow, and sometimes that can take away the attention that the bad things can be given. I was reflecting yesterday 
on the time that my husband spent hospitalized. And at this point, I think that was in 20, in the fall of 2015. So this has been a good four years now since he was at the lowest of the low. And that was when he had his ECT treatments. And it's been so long that I think the pain of that period is kind of leaving me. And I obviously can remember if I think about it, but We've just really moved on and we're at a new phase of our lives, but I was kind of reading, I'm a journal keeper, as you probably figured out by now, and I was reading in my journal last night from the week that he was in the hospital, and something that I wrote multiple times was I need to remind myself that healing is a slow process, like I can't expect an overnight fix, and I I wish that I could drive that message home to my younger self and to all of you out there in a way that would sink in because when things are so bad, you just want the bad to be over. You just want to step away and be done. And if you can't fix them or if the doctors can't fix them, you just want to cut them off and not deal with it anymore. But that's not really how healing works. If we think about the physical body, if you get a cut or if you break a bone, you can't just wave your wand in Harry Potter land and have it be fixed. It takes time for things to mend. And the brain is no different. If if something has been damaged in one way or another, and sometimes that's what mental illness is, is something is malfunctioning, something isn't being fed in the way that it needs to be, or some kind of a neurochemical balance needs to be restored, and that does not happen overnight. And I know I've talked to many of you that there can be periods where you're trying to find the right medications and you're trying to find the right therapies and you try one thing for a while and it doesn't work and you try another thing and it's so frustrating and you wish that you could just say, okay, here's exactly what's going to work in your case. Start doing it. Things will be better in a week. Like, wouldn't that be so great? But that's just not how it works. And I think if we can really understand that, then we can set ourselves up to be more patient and more understanding. Um, I remember, well, when I was reading in my journal, the day that I brought him home from the hospital was a really hard day because he had been there for more than a week and he had, I think he had already had at least one ECT treatment. So I think in my mind, I was hoping that things would be a little bit better. It's like, geez, you were just... (laughs) You were just in like intensive care for all this time. Like I hope you'd be at least different in some way than when we dropped you off a week ago. But it wasn't like he was pretty much just as bad. The only difference was we now had a team of doctors that knew him and had spent a lot of time with him. And we had a a treatment plan. That's really the only thing that was different. But I remember just bringing him home. And there was that dark cloud of depression. It was just like the black hole. You could just feel the energy sucking out of our little apartment when we brought him home because, I mean, that's how bad it was back then. And it was so almost nice to have him gone that week because it's like me and my daughter. That was before my second daughter was born, but I could just enjoy her. We could do our thing. And for the short term, it was easier not having him there. And so I can totally see why people think I'm better off without this person. And sometimes I think, what would it be like if I had walked away? Because I was tempted to so many times. And I shudder 
to think because now I see how blessed and beautiful my life is and I see how much better my husband is and I see the benefit that my two daughters get from having a loving father around and but we had to build to that and it took a long time and after he did ECT things did get significantly better but it still wasn't the end it has been a very slow climb and we're you know we're in our fourth year he he's backslid a little bit in the last few months well in the last month maybe he isn't sleeping great but not terrible so he's just been a little overtired so we haven't gotten a lot of quality time at night together but he's still functioning he says he feels good during the day he just gets exhausted at night but you know what it's like that's so small in the range of things that we've dealt with that it honestly doesn't bother me so I just I'm so grateful that something in me was able to hold on and I've said this before I'm not not telling all of you that I know the answer to your situation because everything is so sensitive and you're the only one who can make those decisions for yourself but if you're having a fight-or-flight moment if you're in a deep crisis Have the wisdom to slow down and truly ponder the consequences of your decisions. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of the pros and cons list. (laughs) So for me, the cons of getting a divorce or leaving my spouse, they were larger than the short-term cons. You know, they were better than the pros of dealing with what we were dealing with right at that moment. So... It's, it's complicated, and every situation is different, but I do just so strongly believe that we are in these situations for a reason, and we can grow from them, and we can increase our capacity to love. We can have more compassion and understanding for the human family. There's just a lot that can be gained that you can't see in the deep pain of the situation. So hang in there, guys. It will get better. It can get better, but it takes a long time. (laughs) So take care of yourselves in the meantime. I am such a huge fan of exercise. I'm such a huge fan of self-improvement. So this kind of brings me on. I'm sure this won't be a long episode today, but I wanted to talk. I'm constantly going through self-help books and self-betterment, spirituality, all those types of books I'm obsessed with. My current book is one that I'm so surprised that I've never read before because it's been in my field of awareness forever. (laughs) And it's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. So if you haven't heard of that book or haven't read it yet, I highly recommend it. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I didn't say it clearly that first time. And He talks about just the evolution of human development, and there was one aspect where he's talking about relationships, and he laid it out in three levels, and the first level is that of dependency, and I think that is where a lot of us lie, and it's kind of where our culture teaches us to be, and this is, what are you doing for me? What am I doing for you? I need this from you or I can't survive this relationship. Like, what are you giving me? What are you bringing me? And if you think about it, I mean, that's very, it's like a child relying on their parents, which as a child, you're supposed to be dependent. That's how it works developmentally. So when you're a child, 
that's okay because that's where you are. But when you're an adult in an adult relationship, dependency is no longer healthy. So we need to figure out a way to move to the next level. And that's the level of independence. For me, that's kind of where my thinking stopped. I'm like, great, I can take care of myself. I don't need you. I can still love you, but I don't require anything of you. And I think that's kind of where I'm at. But I think that I started to be aware that there's probably more than that because sometimes in my field of independence, I do have times where I start to feel detached. And that's sad because, I mean, relationships are about connection. They're not about dependency, but they are about connection and feeling like we belong and being able to be loved and love. I mean, that's not a bad thing to require those things. So I think sometimes I've joked myself like, well, I don't need anything from him. It's like, well, there's, there's a balance there. So in this realm of independence, though, it's a very positive step forward because we learn what to do to take care of ourselves. We learn how to be mentally healthy. We learn to work through our issues. We learn to let go of things that have caused us pain in the past. We learn how to take care of our physical bodies and how to eat healthy food and to just be self-aware of the things that cause us damage. (laughs) Nobody's ever going to like finish this and be like, yep, I'm the perfect human now. I am a well-oiled functioning machine with no cogs. I I will never claim to be that, but I can say, and this is the same idea of it being a slow process, I have gotten better year by year. I turned 35 last month, yeah, last month, and I can confidently say that I'm a little bit better physically and mentally every year. I think I'll probably hit the point where I'm aging and I can feel my body going downhill, but I've invested the time to keep myself well and to to build myself in every way that I can. And I really do see the results in my life. I, I'm sort of rambling here, but I, I have a friend who I'm more friends with her spouse, but I, you know, I know of her because she's married to my friend and she always posts on Facebook. And I think it's this trend to like post, post things that are vulnerable and like tell people your real feelings. And I love the idea of vulnerability, but I don't love it on social media because I think people need to earn your trust before you share these deep things with them. That's really ironic that I'm saying that because I do share my personal life with you guys on the podcast, but it's something I've chosen to do, and I feel like the people who find the podcast are people who deserve to hear my story. So with that disclaimer, so anyway, my friend... She just is always posting things about how she hates herself online. And I'm so, ah, I have compassion for her because there's nothing worse than looking in the mirror and not liking what you see or looking at your life and not liking what you've created for yourself. That's terrible. And I, I know what that feels like. I've been there. And Of course, like this girl, I know that there were some things in her past that are very difficult that she's dealt with, and I haven't had those same problems, so who's to say how I would deal with them? I would probably be in the same shoes if I was her. So I try really hard to withhold judgment from people, but at the same time, sometimes it's so easy to look at somebody else's life and see the solution to their problems. 
And with this particular person, I think one of her biggest problems is that she doesn't know how to say no to anyone and she doesn't know how to say yes to herself. And this is just so sad because it's the same thing year after year. I, I hate that I'm fat. I hate that I'm always tired. I'm a bad example to my kids. I don't have the energy to do this or that. And it's really like, well, you somewhere deep inside don't feel like you're important and you don't feel like you deserve to have the things that you want or you don't, I don't know, you don't feel worthy. And that is heartbreaking. And I wish there was a flip we could switch in people and often in ourselves to say, you are worthy and you are worthy enough to say no to someone else and to say yes to yourself. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know why that came up today, but I just, I've really been thinking about it and I, I still have my own problems and I'm not a perfect person, but I really just want to give other people a leg up and be like, guys, you're not supposed to be miserable all the time. You're not supposed to hate yourself. And this isn't a guilt thing like, hey, you're doing it wrong. You're not supposed to. Life is meant to be joyful. Life is meant to blow you away with the amazing things that are able to happen. Relationships can be so fulfilling. I mean, there are just times when I'm so moved by the joy that I have in my life that it's it's hard for me to believe. And it's because of the pain that we have before that make these moments so joyful. And I want that for all of you. I want that for my friend. And sometimes I just don't have the words to say. I just It's like you just want to point to the goal, the the gold at the end of the rainbow, you want to point people to it and say, it's there, it's real. And you can do it. I feel like I am rambling a little bit and I did go off on a tangent. <sighs> but my whole point <laughs> is we got to move from dependency to independence, but the third level is interdependence. And I think a lot of people don't get to this point because they can't get past dependency to independence. Like if you can't take care of yourself, you're never going to be able to truly rely on others and work as a team to make something fulfilling. So interdependence is where like I'm taking care of myself, my husband's taking care of himself, and we're both individually happy. So then we can come together to create something bigger. And in a small sense, that's, well, it's not small to raise kids. It's a big deal. But in a, in a private setting, like the successes we have with our children are a reflection of our interdependent relationship. And so often parents pass on dependency to their kids. They don't pass on what interdependence looks like. And I really want to pass on interdependence. And so I'm learning what this is about and how to do it. And I admit that when I first was reading it, I'm like, I think if my husband can just get to independence, that's probably good enough for him because he just has felt so powerless for so long. And for him, it's like, don't ask anything extra of me. I'm taking care of myself and my family and that takes all of my time and energy. That's it. I'm done. And I think I've accepted that for now and he's allowed to be where he's at. So if he's not ready to jump to interdependence, that's okay. But I think that we'll get there and I think it's still going to be part of this slow process. But for me, what I envision interdependence looking like 
is us having a clear vision of what our goals are in our life and what our standards are as a family and what we can contribute to the community. I don't want to live a selfish existence and I sometimes think it's human nature to want to seek pleasure and fulfillment and the interests of self and I have so many selfish moments and sometimes I wonder am I a good person or not I mean these are thoughts that we all have or maybe it's just me (laughs) I say that to make myself feel better but no like we all we all want to be better than we are but we have those moments where we see our own human frailties and it's very humbling and sometimes discouraging and we want to give up. I, at this point, like my kids and my business and my husband really do take up most of my time. And I do this podcast because I want to do something and I want to provide a service. I want to uplift. So it's kind of just one of my community outreach things that outreach things that I'm doing right now. So that's why I do the podcast and that's why I don't I haven't asked for donations or it's just something that I'm trying to give and I don't say that to brag I just I want you guys to know that part of the fulfillment that I feel in my life comes from wanting to contribute so this is my way of contributing for now and I know it's small and I really appreciate those of you who have contributed with me I've loved all the conversations that I've had And I just hope that you can think. Um, I really pondered on, there's a phrase in the New Testament that Jesus says. He says, the first will be last and the last will be first. And I've asked myself the question, in what ways am I putting myself first? That maybe I should switch around. Because self-care is important. But I'm kind of to the point where, like, yeah. I'm good. I take care of myself. And there's probably a little leftover where I can put myself last in a way and not seek for my own glory and not try to make myself bigger in a way. It's more like, what can I do for others and how can I help? And I think that's what it's about. Like, if you can think about the good of others, you really do bring yourself the lasting joy and happiness that everyone is seeking for themselves anyway, so... I couldn't decide what to name this episode because I had so many things I was going to talk about. So, sorry if this is the most random one ever. It was either this or nothing. But I hope that you can think about what level you're on. Are you still dependent? Are you overly independent like I sometimes feel that I am? Or are you ready to move to interdependence? And if your spouse isn't well, maybe it's not time for interdependence yet. But you can be independent and teach them how to be independent through your example and through your unconditional love. And you can trust that through the slow process of healing and if they're seeking help and you're willing to make growth one of your core values, it's it's going to happen eventually. I mean, I'm only 35. I feel like by the time my husband and I are 60, we will have a lot more to show for our lives in, in the good that we've done. So hope this has been helpful and uplifting and I hope you're all doing well and that things are improving in your life and even if they're not I hope that you have hope and I hope that you have faith because I think there's plenty of reason to have both of those things. I'll talk to you guys on next time.